Everyone makes mistakes. You have to embrace that. As a leader, you're constantly balancing, training your team, inspecting your team, holding your team accountable, and mistakes will happen. As someone who reached out to me this week asked a question, well, at what point do you have to let someone go because mistakes are being made? And more importantly, how do you hold people accountable without coming across as that evil manager we all hated or worked for at one time? Well, I'm gonna share what I told that person today in this episode. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of You're In Charge, Now What? I'm your host, Glenn Pash. And the goal of this channel, as you know, is to help those of you that find yourself in charge of a team, a project, or even a business, build the skills necessary to lead high-performing teams because we cannot do it ourselves. We need others to help us become successful. So I'm gonna share some tips and strategies so that you can get your team to generate these consistent results and ultimately increase your bottom line. If you're new to the channel, just click the button. Please subscribe, uh, that would make me very happy. <laughs> Uh, this way you're notified every week when you get new uh, videos, when I po post them out a couple times a week. This way you won't miss any of them. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode, answering the question from a viewer about accountability. How do you hold people accountable in a way that's not, you know, as I said in the earlier promo, that to become like that manager we always hated the one who just yelled at us and created a horrible culture, but we still needed to sit there and take that job until we found another. How do you, how do, you do that? So I'll explain what I shared with them, uh, and hopefully this will help you. It really falls into a couple different categories, meaning we, we first have to go back and always inspect our role in the fact that the person's making mistakes. Now that's counterintuitive, to a lot of the way managers are first programmed. Of course, our first reaction should be, they made a mistake, what's wrong with them? I'm asking you to take a moment to reflect on yourself before they get started, just to make sure that you have all of your, you know, sort of ducks in a row. And what are those three pillars that we constantly talk about? Well, those are the expectations or the process. Does the individual who keeps making mistakes, do they actually know what they're supposed to do? What's expected of them? Number two is training. Have I trained that person initially and also ongoing training? And then lastly, and this is the piece we want to focus on, this pillar today, the accountability. Have you been giving this person feedback or have you trained them and disconnected from them? And then lo and behold, months later, they're making mistakes and your immediate reaction is it's their fault. So when I sat with this person, we talked about those three things first. And what we did find when I asked that person to explain to me what the person's role or job was, there were a couple generalities. Remember in one of the first few episodes of this channel, we talked about as a manager, being very clear and being very specific in your communication is going to help you. So when I was talking to this person and they explained back to me what it, this uh, employee was supposed to be doing, there were a lot of generalities. Now, this was a sales person who had to send out emails 
and make phone calls. And when they were explaining to me what they were supposed to do, they, their comments were, well, they're supposed to be making phone calls and sending emails and following up with their clients every day. Well, right there, that can be left open to a lot of interpretation. So I pushed back and I asked, well, does that mean that they're supposed to be contacting or reaching out to that prospect or that customer every single day? Is there a process? They said, well, there's a process and they know it. And again, what, what does the process mean? Because again, if you're not being clear to say, this is the exact process we follow, you have to do it every single day. If you leave it open to just follow up with your customers, that lets that salesperson interpret what's expected of them. And then when you come at them because they made a mistake, that's where they get guarded or they push back on you and say, well, you know, no, that's not it. Now we're getting into, well, that's what I thought you said. And now we're butting heads and we don't want that. So we tighten that up, help them explain that. So when they go back to interact with their team, they're very clear. The training was in place. Didn't have to worry about the training. So what we focused on is the accountability. I asked this person, how often do you inspect the work? How often do you sit down with these individuals to give them feedback? And what we found was that's where one of the gaps were. The fact was this manager was not really inspecting. They were inspecting, I shouldn't say that, they were inspecting from a report standpoint and sending emails. But when I asked, how often do you sit down with these individuals one-on-one -on -one to give them feedback? I said, when was the last time you sat and sat down with this person for a half an hour? and gave them feedback and said, I looked at your work and here's what you're doing well and here's where we could improve. And he said, I don't really do that. I said, well, that's where the accountability problem is going to happen because when you now go at this person and, and even in a polite way, focus on this mistake, you haven't built up enough rapport with them. They're gonna be looking, well, why are you picking on me now? Why did this start now? versus, as I think in one of our previous interviews with David Kane, David Kane was always talking about depositing into their emotional bank, meaning if I'm telling them they're doing well, or I'm involved with them, or I'm engaged with them on a daily basis, all of a sudden I'm building up positive equity. Now when I have to sit down with them to talk about something that maybe is a mistake or I need them to improve. One, it's not uncommon that I'm there to help them and I'm present in their day-to-day -day work or present in terms of providing feedback for accountability. They also know it's coming from a place that I care about them and I want them to be successful. So first I worked with this individual on creating a schedule for when they would go be a, you know, work with them one-on-one. -on -one. I worked with them on how to build out that interaction. What should they be doing in that half an hour? But then when I talked to them about uh, ultimately answering the question, what happens if I have a person who keeps making mistakes? Well, if you've invested in them and you've retrained them and you've talked to them and you've constantly guided them, you're going to fall, they're going to fall into two camps. Somebody who just can't do the job, eventually you do have to make a decision. Remember, you are responsible for the team and the team's success. That's what you're being judged on. And you can't go to your supervisor and say, well, we underperformed because Glenn, well, I like Glenn. Glenn's not really performing, but he's trying. That doesn't work. That's not gonna help you be successful. That's not fair to Glenn. 
or whatever the person's name is. And it's also not fair to the rest of the team that you're, you're holding them accountable, but you're letting this other person be part of the team, still draw a paycheck and underperform. So it's up to you to be very clear to them and say, here's the expectations. I need you to keep working. And even if they're trying, if they can't make it, you have to cut them, let them go in a very, you know, again, a positive way so that you're doing them a favor to say, this is not going to be good for you. You're frustrated. We're frustrated. It's just not working out. As I said, you may find that somebody is just not doing the job for other reasons. We've talked about this in previous episodes. Maybe they disagree with the process. Maybe they just have something going on outside in their personal life that's affecting them. Your job in these accountability meetings, you're going to uncover that and you're going to help them. Maybe they need a day off. Maybe they're concerned about their child who's sick. Maybe something happened you know, with their car and they need help getting it fixed, whatever, but you're there to help them. Again, that's that positive uh, input, that positive deposit in their bank account that allows them to feel that you're there to help them. Now, again, that doesn't mean you let them off from mistakes. You still have to have that conversation saying, listen, I get it, but I need you when you're here focused 100%. The more you do that, there is no way that you can be perceived as that domineering, that manager who doesn't care, that managers who constantly screaming. Those managers don't have an accountability structure. Those managers don't have a schedule where they're sitting one-on-one with their team and coaching and developing them and helping them improve. All they're doing is waiting for a mistake and then it blows up, emotions get high, and you've lost that connection to your team. So answering that, that gave that person a lot of uh, information. I'll be following up with them to make sure how their implementation of this information went. But so again, just in summary, when you have someone making mistakes or someone's underperforming, first thing you need to do is turn the mirror back on yourself. Ask yourself the questions, do they have a clear process written out that they know what they're supposed to be doing. Number two, have you, can you look yourself in the eye, in the mirror and say, hey, I did train them both short-term and long-term. And then do I have an accountability time frame where I sit down with them on a scheduled basis weekly, every other week, where I spend a half an hour, an hour working with them, giving them feedback, listening to them, seeing what they need as much as what I need. If you do that, you will never be considered that manager that just comes out of nowhere screaming and yelling. You will win your team over. And more importantly, when you have to look at somebody and give them feedback and say, I need you to perform better, it's better received. It may not be liked, but it's respected and it's received. Again, telling someone that they could be fired versus I'm disappointed I think saying to someone who you've built trust up with that I'm disappointed, I expected more, I think that's worse than getting yelled at because I can always just blame you for screaming and yelling at me as you're that type of manager. But it's hard to look at someone who's sat with you day in and day out, week in, week out, who's put in time and invested in you and you're dropping the ball and they say, I'm disappointed. That's hard to push on someone else. That gets your team really, really focused. So I hope that helped you. 
I, I, I think it's going to help them. I'll keep you posted on that. So again, as always, I thank you for your attention. I appreciate uh, you being here, listening this long. If you got to this point, don't forget to subscribe. I send out uh, new videos every Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, some great interviews coming up with some great people to share their leadership lessons as well. Please share this out. I know there's a lot of people who could use this information as well. And I end every episode by saying you're in charge, but now you have a new tool to help you become more successful. Thank you so much. I appreciate the attention. I'll see you next episode.